Hello. Get I'm, closer. I'm trying to lure the cat okay. to me. He's not going to stay. Okay. All right. Hello and welcome to chapter 15 of Romantic Underpinnings. I'm Ashton. That's Andrew. Hi. And thanks for joining us, folks. Tonight or today, I don't know your life. I am going to be reading this chapter that Ashton has written in our collaborative historical romance novel. Ashton, would you like to summarize the plot up until this point? So it's 1690. We've got a boat full of vagabond sort of pirates, sort of with an official duty from the king, sort of whatever. They are intelligence gathering for King William III, right? Is he third? I think he's the third. Um, to help them get some military secrets in the war that is currently being um, undergone with France at the time. We are in France. We have one lady on board who is dressed as a man who our hero just found out was a lady. And there have been some unexplained chemistry betwixt the two. But currently they're in sort of a standoff because... Their crew is having some other really intense drama. How was that? Pretty damn good. Mm. That brings us up to the present moment as far as I know. And we are going to move that moment forward in the course of this chapter that I am about to read for the first time. I am, despite my um, mellifluous tones and amazing diction and skill um i have never seen any of these words before as is tradition with romantic i mean you've seen the words just not in this exact string i i want you to surprise me i think you've seen every word i'm pretty sure before at some point or other or heard it i sort of have made that my business <laughs> but anyway um i will say the first half of the chapter might be rough i was in uh, a very interesting state of mind. So we'll see how that goes. And I was gonna, I like told you I was gonna go back and put my eyes over it one more time. And I did not. So it's probably gonna be a mess. Um, people can also follow us on social media. On Instagram, at Romantic Underpinnings. Also our website, romanticunderpinnings.com. Or on Twitter, at RomUnderPod. They can. You totally ignored our stuff. Uh, well, I was relying on you. I generally rely on you to do it. But this time I was relying on you to do it because I'm going to be talking for the next like half hour or whatever, mm. reading your chapter. So the more we can get Is you that talking the deal? So you're going to do the social handles next time? I should. <laughs> I will. I'm going to memorize. Where can people email us? Hello at romanticunderpinnings.com. Wow, that was so well done. See, you were born for this. Like Lady Gaga. Born I've, this way. I've been training for decades, mm. I'll have you know. Just although my innate talent is not inconsiderable. Um anyway, I think you're about to get attacked by a cat who you should really leave alone. He doesn't really like his torso scratched. I guess not. It wasn't even his torso, it was like his um hips, which clearly oh. he likes less even. No, still. no, no. He's a he's he likes his um little neck zone. The top of his little kitty head. People are riveted by this exchange. Come on, they've all met my cat. He's sweet. Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. 
This chapter I am about to read, as is also tradition in Romantic Underpinnings, is from the perspective of the hero, Anthony, possibly Snollsbury, possibly Thatcher. We still have not settled on it unless you finally close that door this chapter. No. And in, that is in contrast to the chapters I write from the perspective of our heroine, Agatha Van Horn, who has, uh, who's a young Dutch woman who has been masquerading as even younger Dutch man, Peter de Houck. That is all the preamble we need. I am going to jump directly into this chapter. Anthony stomped his way back to his ship and his crew. His mind was racing. How had he let this happen? Even to himself, he wasn't sure if he was referring to this mission or Peter or Agatha, whatever the name was for this person following him at six paces distant. Geez, what a pure disaster. Was this charter even worth it? He shook his head. How had his perspective changed so drastically over the last week? It was this person. Anthony was so mad at both himself and Peter. Shit, the shift to the name change in his mind was going to be t rough as hell. He was so mad that she hadn't been up front with him when they were sharing such an intimate exchange. He'd fallen for this person without even realizing what was right in front of him. He was now adding up all the things that hadn't quite made sense about Peter. And that was only made worse. And that was only made worse that Agatha had clearly trusted this secret to basically everyone on the ship, except Anthony. Well, and Charlie, but that idiot didn't count. He had just really thought that he and Agatha shared, had shared some sort of connection but she hadn't even disclosed a pretty important part of who she was. He was also annoyed with himself running into something without really thinking it through. He was the captain, goddammit, and he couldn't be starting these relationships with his crew members, regardless of gender. This walk was endless. Shit, he was truly acting like a child. He was, furthermore, so angry at himself for throwing that tantrum back there. What was supposed to be a relatively short trip across the channel, ending with Anthony being legit, finally, was turning into a whirlwind disaster that had Anthony questioning every decision he'd made since losing Henry. Anthony formerly was Henry's sailing amanuensis. Did you use the word amanuensis later in the chapter? I'm sorry if you did. No, I don't even know what that means. I mean, I got it, I think, from context clues, but I don't know that I've ever heard that word before. Oh, darn. This microphone is going to be picking up cat grooming noises. Kitty? 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 <laughs> Kitty? <laughs> Kitty? <laughs> He's a little cuddle muffin. I apologize to all of our devoted listeners. Anyway, I'm going to get back to the story. Agatha still wasn't keeping abreast of him. He was so disjointed that he had no idea how to interact with her now. Aside from the anger at being duped, the frustration with the, his crew, the confusion over his life choices, he couldn't even find it in himself to talk to her. When they were 300 feet from the ship, he finally glanced back to see how far Agatha was behind him. 
He turned and then stopped dead. Anthony couldn't quite trust the scene his eyes were showing him. She wasn't there. He swung his head on a swivel, searching the landscape before him. He searched a few seconds longer, desperate to see her. He didn't quite understand it, but his heart started to race. His stomach was plummetly like a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's the that's the the ly suffix instead of ing is. I just don't. I honestly have no. I don't know. That chef's happened. kiss. I. Love I'm telling it. you. You. I said I'm going to go back through. I normally don't read, and you were like, "No, just leave it." And I was like, "Okay." Well. That's how we get amazing phrases like his stomach was plummetly like a rock and his breathing quickened. She was gone. She'd up and vanished as quickly as she'd arrived. What the hell was this? He'd barely known this person a week. She wasn't quite who she'd said she was, and he was feeling like... Oh my god. <laughs> I've never seen an animal do that. Well, just in case I cut a lot of the previous stuff out, I will just mention... That both of my cats are striving to be absolutely as disgusting as possible in both the visual realm and especially the auditory realm while we record this podcast, as is their right. Anyway, she'd up and vanished as quickly as she'd arrived. He'd barely known this person a week. Remember when I said we should kick them out? Remember that? He's done. Mm, are you sure? She'd up and vanished as quickly as she'd arrived. What the hell was this? He'd barely known this person a week. She wasn't quite who she said she was. And he was feeling like someone had reached down his throat and tied his intestine in a knot. <laughs> Doing such good work. Okay, I think we're going to kick them out. So weird. Why, Poor honey? Kitties. You don't want to be so interrupted good. continually? Is... Okay. I'm going to go to the beginning of that sentence, and then we're going to be fast from here on out. He'd barely known this person a week. She wasn't quite who she said she was. And he was feeling like someone had reached down his throat and tied his intestine, singular, in a knot. Well, only one. Okay. The small one. Fair enough. I mean, you could have been more specific if you wanted to use singular, but whatever. I mean, he knows which intestine someone tied it or not, which is all that really matters here. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. He would deal with this confusing feeling later. For now, he found it imperative to find her. He couldn't just let her walk around Le Havre un unattended. Anything could happen to her. Or she'd just up and left him because there was nothing between them, and she'd used him for a ride to Le Havre, and thus, having accomplished this task, had left. He realized he'd been standing still, ha having this rather intense argument with himself for a good bit, and he still had to deliver the hay to the protesters to get the info. Protesters? I was sorry. <laughs> He still had... I don't think I messed up that drastically. Well, Could be I got confused. I, yes. He, well, I'll just read the sentence, the rest of the clause as is. 
And he still had to deliver the hay to the travelers to get the information he needed. They had struck a bargain in the last chapter, by the way. To oh, get I some. mean, I know that, but where did you get protesters? No, I was telling the, the readers that. Oh. I said protesters instead of travelers because my brain was short-circuited by the fact that, A, you thought he was supposed to deliver hay instead of wool. I capitalized it. it it's all in caps because I knew that wasn't right and I meant to change it. <laughs> Isn't it all in capital? Yes, it is. that's the thing. That's the Fudge. other. That's the other I thing meant that confused me. To go back me. and fix it because I knew it wasn't a, and I couldn't remember in the moment, and I was like just on a roll. Oh, so writing, you, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'll capitalize this because then I'll know. Because when I reread it, mm. and then you talked to me out of rereading it. See, this is all your own doing. But, I mean, I'm just sad that you picked something so pedestrian when you were trying to use a placeholder. Why didn't you say Buick LeSabers? It's literally the only, like, it's what came to mind, and it was very stream of consciousness, and that's what happened. All right, well, I I do appreciate it, because literally the funniest thing you could possibly do, uh, well, like, going on a hike or a drive in the countryside or whatever, and you see a bale of hay... So you just have to point to it and like nudge the person you're with and say, hey, hey. Wow. It's really funny. You should try it sometime. That's That goes for all of you out there in podcast land. Oh, geez. Anyway, he realized that bartering information was a pretty dubious idea, considering how much money they desperately needed. Anthony made a quick decision. Agatha was a grown woman that no one knew was a woman. She'd been making her away this far (laughs) she'd be okay for a while longer Mm. but if she wasn't back in an hour he was going to go after her himself yeah he is (laughs) he had to get go back to the ship first anyway he strode aboard finding his crew taking a break this only infuriated him more get up you lazy bums you he pointed at charlie get a bag of hey <laughs> god damn it i'm so mad because i then i just carried it through mm. thinking that i would go back and fix all of them i that one wasn't even capitalized oh uh, i know but i was like it's you know the one capitalization was a cue to me to fix the rest of them mm. i knew it was wrong <sighs> i see <laughs> this is what happens when you talk me out of going over it one more time That's true. Radio gold. Mm. It is what happens. Get a bag of hay to barter with the travelers. Wool. Find Etienne, give him the hay, and tell him I'll be there by end of day to finish the trade. Is Charlie going to know where this dude is and who his name is? They just found out, like, right before walking back to the ship, the guy they found out the dude's name. But it's in the camp, right? The traveling people's camp. So he knows where it is because it's not... I'm well, assuming Lavra is not very big. Like, he well, can figure it out. It's a little outside town. He know he might know where the camp is. I'm more stuck on the Etienne thing. Yeah, it says just... find Etienne. So he's going to go up to the camp and say, oh. where's Etienne? Oh, I mean, okay. here's his wool. I see. N- no, it's a find he's gonna Etienne. He's going to send him no. an email that also says this could have yeah. been, this meeting could have been an email. No, he's going to find Etienne day. and say. Circle back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Sorry, go ahead. He's going to find Etienne and say what? Were were you making that thing just because you used the phrase yeah, end of day? Yeah, because I really hate that I use that in a like a literary <laughs> thing. I'm like kind of mad at myself for using like work email shorthand in this 
thing mm-hmm. we're writing. Not mad, but I just like can't believe it like snuck in there. I mean, I think it makes total sense because, you know, the crew has to keep an eye on their key performance indicators. <sighs> See, exactly. Anyway. Anyway, go ahead. Plus, that doesn't end of day doesn't even mean the same thing in like a work context as it doesn't like, like, is he talking about midnight? Is he talking about when the sun goes down? Like that isn't phraseology that anyone would have used. That's true. In 1690, they Uh, would have said close of business or or they would have like or sundown or I'll be there, you know, I'll be there before dusk or something like were you joking about COB? I was joking about COB. I just have a, uh, you know, legendary deadpan. Um, legendary. Anyway. The other thing, yeah. what the fuck was the crew supposed to be doing besides well, nothing, taking a break? Right. He's just being. I see. He's, he's just flying any, off the handle. Anything that's going to set him off in this instance is going to, regardless, it's all irrational. Mm-hmm. Like, frustrating. He's just pissed that she's gone and he doesn't, she didn't say anything and she just fucking ditched. Yeah, you really didn't run with the end of my last chapter when he had like a total moment of zen and acceptance and stuff. Yeah, because I thought that was really unrelatable and also not very realistic. So we're going to cut that out. Oh, (laughs) I see. I I was like, I wanted more of a reaction. So I just wrote it in. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that is fine. Because he's my dude anyway. So you are not responsible for giving him a moment of zen. True. So, you know. He's not zenful. Fair enough. His zenful award. Not really. <laughs> no, I I mean, I think it is great because we need to have some podcast exclusives mm. so people keep listening to our podcast and analyzing the differences between it and the finished book that they ah. will be purchasing in the future. Right. So that is great. I am surprised that it took him a whole chapter. You had already written a chapter since he found out that Aunt Agatha had been deceiving him. Right, and I now know. He's flying off. No, the- I hadn't. You had. Yeah, but he he couldn't. He didn't have time. He hasn't really had time to like feel his feelings. It's been one catastrophe after the next. He sort of just had to ignore it. I see. So so he's now walking back to the ship and. Like, her leaving is sort of the straw that's breaking this camel's back. That's, like, giving him a moment to be, like, this motherfucker. And then also, like, there's no real crisis right now, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they obviously need to move on, but no one's really in danger. Like, I mean, aside from Agatha, which is why he's, like, all the emotions are coming. I often don't feel things, like, in the moment either. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. So he's had some time to reflect yeah. and get mad. Yeah, he's more mad. well, he's more he's I mean, as this goes on, I think you'll you'll see he's mostly mad at himself for getting involved in the first place. Yeah. Not, I mean he's sort of he's pretty mad at Agatha too for deceiving him, but He did make some dubious captain moves, but yeah, anyway. Exactly. Let's see how it goes. I will resume. Well, and for taking the charter at all. That was um he was looking for trouble. Kind of. He right. found it. Right. Anyway, go ahead. Charlie nodded in assent and went below decks to gather the items he'd need to barter with the caravan. Dipper sauntered up to him. And, hey, where's Peter? He asked Anthony. He raised an eyebrow in question at Anthony. <laughs> Don't you mean Agatha? Anthony bit out. That's her name, then, I... Dipper asked, looking unfazed. Aye, 
Well, you not knowing makes me feel only slightly better, Anthony said. Don't know where she's gone. She was behind me walking back and then she wasn't, Anthony shrugged. If she's not back in an hour, I'll go after her. Dipper said nothing, only looked impassively back at Anthony. What? Anthony shouted at him as he stomped by. Dipper simply continued to smile sardonically at the captain, but didn't comment or follow him. Anthony slammed into his berth. He felt like punching the wall. He only barely held himself back from doing so. Fuck! He really had to take a deep breath and get his shit together. He was slowly losing any grip he had on reality. He paced inside his cabin, trying to convince himself that she was fine and that he was fine and that this whole mission would be a smashing success. That was not going well. He stomped his feet around a few more paces, internally fuming, and decided to go after her. He grumbled a few more swear words to himself. Once he made it above decks and off the ship, he realized that he had no clue where he should start looking for her. Where could she have possibly gone? He started toward the center of town and hoped for an epiphany on the way. He made it into the center of town, still at a loss. <laughs> oh my god. Many of these things would have been fixed, is my only defense. Whatever, we, we read the first drafts. That is the law. I mean, yeah, but there is, like, I mean, I'm not saying I would have done a complete overhaul, cos like, cosmetic overhaul, but... There are a few things I would have definitely fixed on a second reading. I've never fixed anything. And I had a million typos in my last chapter. That's true. All right. Okay. It happens. I had the whole names confused for quite a while. Uh, I know. This is, if you go back and edit any future chapter, you will be put into podcast jail <gasps> immediately. Okay. Fair enough. As will I. I mean, it's equal justice. Um <clears throat> And Justice is wearing fancy headphones and listening to a podcast. <laughs> um, Equal Justice. It's like one of those like jumbo shrimp things. What are those things? <laughs> Oxymoron. A little bit. Anyway, sorry. Except <clears throat> in this case, podcast vengeance will befall anyone who edits a chapter before the recording. Okay. I'm not talking about temporal justice. I'm talking about divine justice. Ah, Perhaps even divine retribution. Got it. Anyway, he'd made it into the center of town, still at a loss. Following, following his feet to the first tavern and hoping that someone spoke English, he stumbled. He sorry, that was me. <laughs> he stumbled into the dark, dank interior. As he opened the door, every head in the place turned to look in his direction. Oh, did the uh, piano player stop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The record scratch? Yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. He shrugged inside the door and headed toward the long bar at the far end of the room. English? He asked the pretty barmaid. She lifted thin shoulders, doing quite a bit of work holding up her rather ample bosom. <laughs> Taking that for some margin of assent, he started questioning her, asking if she had seen a person of Peter's description within the last half hour or so. He didn't really think she understood, but finally she nodded at him. He inhaled a relief so profound that it startled him. She wasn't gone after all, he thought. <laughs> the barmaid was speaking. 
was here, asking about, hmm, how you say irreparable house, she said, her English broken and shaky, but who was he to judge? He didn't have two French words to rub together. Irreparable house? What? That's not. He said back, thinking loud. She looked up at him and then started making some rather lewd hand gestures. <laughs> ah, you mean disreputable? He asked her. She nodded once. And where is it? He asked patiently. She gave him directions to the local body house with rather more judgment in her voice than Anthony thought strictly necessary. He thanked her, gave her a bit of coin, which promptly disappeared into her décolletage. That's one of my favorite words. I you know. used one of my I favorite did. words. I did write that and was like, oh, Andrew is going to get a kick out that I use this word because it's such a ridiculous word. Oh. But yes. I love it. Just for you. He left the tavern unceremoniously, heading for the brothel. What could she possibly want at a body house? He began asking himself and then realized that he shouldn't care so much about where Agatha was and why she was there. He'd behaved like an absolute knob. No wonder she'd scampered off at the first moment she could. For all he knew, she was about to embark on her dream career and never leave Le Havre again. Lost in his rather dour ruminations, he barely noticed a rather concerning noise prickling at the edge of his consciousness. Anthony pulled his mind back to the present moment and his immediate surroundings. The noise had ceased. He stood still, listening. There. It started again. He headed toward the saint... the saint found. Sorry. He headed toward the faint sound, gathering... Was that me or you? No. I, oh. I spoonerized. Got it, got it. Your got stuff it, was perfect. Got it. I mean, I don't know about perfect, but I spelled correctly at least. Yes. Got it. He headed toward the faint sound, gathering speed as went. Oh, that was you. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was something, something familiar and horrible about it. His mind started to plunge into horrifying depths. Ugh. I also like how much you used rather in two consecutive sentences Ugh. before as well. But anyway, you're just yeah, I really, I really like one word. Like, apparently I find a word I really like, and then it shows up in the next three sentences. And this is, like, totally the second half of the chapter, too. <sighs> I know. Anyway. Why are, why are you doing... Why are you saying mean things? I'm just making a dispassionate observation about where we are in the chapter. Rude. But dispassionately so. <laughs> um... His mind started to plunge into horrifying depths. Mm. He pulled it back, trying to contain what was a growing sense of panic. He knew it was Agatha. He didn't know how he knew it, but he just did. Anthony started to pray, never having been extremely religious. Words he didn't even know he knew started to stream into his brain, taking the place of some of the rising anguish. Oh, wait, I had a quick question. When did the Church of England split? Like 15, uh, late 1520s, early 1530s. Okay, so his praying would have been in English. Totes. So there was like a moment when I was writing this, I was like, the Latin words, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know when Henry was a dick and fucking, you know, made his whole own thing. And I couldn't remember. And I was like, too lazy to look it up. So I just like left it as... 
you know, the words coming through, but I wanted to check because I was curious then after that, but I was, again, too lazy to look it up. Yeah, no, you had it. I mean, you were you safe by about approximately 150 years. Yeah, but he, if if Anthony had gone to church at all, it would have all been in English, right? Not Latin. That is correct. That, see, that's the part where I, I was going to say, like, unfamiliar Latin words, you know, that's coming an, unbidden or whatever, you know? This wasn't too long after Charles II, who actually was uh, Catholic, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, so there was like a smattering of Catholicism in English. Okay, in, so sorry. in England, so it totally could have still worked. Because when was when did they change all the prayers out of Latin? It was way after this, right? That was Vatican II or whatever that council. Oh yeah, I mean, so it would have been way later. Yeah, Catholicism okay. only started being in English relatively recently, so. He could theoretically have been raised at least partially Catholic, but I don't know how Catholic... I mean, he's like a stable hand. So any, like, actual church you would have gotten would have been, like, you know, what the poor sort of servants were going to. Yeah, and I have no idea how Catholic England got during its, like, few Catholic monarchs. It's like pretend back to the habit or whatever. Yeah, I, I have no idea. but And I also don't really know how... Uh, open-minded mr william the third was but right. i do know that uh he was i'm i'm i will assume that he was quite the protestant anyway okay. um anyway i sort of just didn't i just left it all out but then i was curious actually all right well Sorry. the best way to find out about stuff is uh to let me ramble half remembered historical facts you didn't ramble you answered my question anyway and then rambled a bit anyway well that's sort of part of who you are as a person. So if people aren't here to listen to you ramble, then they probably aren't listening. You should ask me about 18th century English poetry next episode. I mean, we don't have time. I mean, no, that's okay. <laughs> he rounded the corner of an alley, the sun seeming to be swallowed in... Sorry. He rounded the corner of an alley, the sun seeming to be swallowed in by the weeping brick walls on either side of him. He marched down the alley. What the devil is going on here? He bellowed. Unhand he him at once. So that her uh, him, right? Unhand ha- Oh, oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, unhand ha- him at once. There you go. Barely remembering Agatha's chosen pronoun in this scenario, he managed to keep her secret from this lout. A sloppily drunk man had cornered her, pushing her back into the stone wall, and was unsuccessfully trying to assault her. Anthony didn't realize he was still shouting. He could only feel fear and anger, and could only see red amidst the sheer terror coloring Agatha's delicate features. The brute tried to say something and reached for Aunt Agatha again. Anthony did absolutely no conscious thinking. He leaped forward the man, tackling him to the ground. Toward the man. Yes. Instantly, the man's face resembled more of the inside of an orange than a face. He could feel Agatha pulling at his shoulders and shouting his name. Finally, he was able to get a grip enough to slump off the man and up against the wall in the narrow space. He sat dazed, and then Agatha's face was in his. She was talking to him, 
but he couldn't focus enough on the words for a long while. After a few more minutes, he was able to hold on to a whole string. What were you thinking? She was asking him, demanding really. I was doing just fine. I came to the house to see what information I could get about the court. Body houses are always the best for gossip. She continued for several more minutes, berating him. He honestly didn't care what she was saying. He didn't care how good of an idea it had been to come here. All he cared about in this singular moment was that she was well enough to yell at him. Anthony, that's the most romantic thing I've ever heard. Really? Yes. Ever? Ever. No, it can't be. No, I was exaggerating. Oh. But it, I mean, it's not not romantic. It, no, it is definitely romantic. It is substantially romantic. Mm. It's on the podium. <laughs> Anthony let her burn herself out. He was still sitting in a puddle, and she was crouched before him. After a few more moments of silence, he grasped her thin shoulders and pulled her into him. He had only meant to hug her, but as her, but as her face inched closer to his... He lost all control. And then they were kissing. The kissing was so intense, he wasn't sure if either of them were breathing. He knew that at some point, the man would wake up and that Anthony and Agatha still had to meet the travelers. But in this moment, he couldn't not be kissing her, and his whole world had shrunk to the feelings he was gathering from this most perfect instant. And he knew... He was fucked. Regardless of any baggage this person in front of him carried around. End of chapter. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Loved the twist at the end. Mm-hmm. I would. And I did. I know. Speaking of carrying around baggage, I hope they didn't lose the hay slash wool anywhere. <laughs> On this little... I mean, Charlie's oh, wait, no, no. supposed Charlie's to be, like, d- taking care of That's it, which right. also could be a disaster, because apparently I dubbed him an idiot, which seems fine, but still, maybe not great. I don't know. He's off doing whatever with Etienne. All right, and... Oh, my goodness. I know how Anthony and Agatha are going to get all the information they could possibly want. Ooh. They're going to put on a live show at the body house oh, in front no. of an adoring audience. Of the body house? Yes. Why? Because everyone will be so amazed. They have to go back to see the travelers. They have, like, stuff to do. They can't be hanging out here. They're going to be getting information the only way they know how. <laughs> I mean, but then they also do need to go back to the caravan. Presumably. I mean... They have to, otherwise they just traded all their lucrative stuff for nothing. Careful readers of slash <laughs> listeners to my previous <laughs> chapter will know that basically they already got all the information they were supposed to get from the travelers. I reread it. Oh, gee. No, no, I listened to it. They didn't get any info. They did. What did they, what info did they get? Aside we- from the, the, the guys in the the fancy suits that's not enough info there was information about there being plans for certain types of fortifications at a certain oh, palace somewhere man i just listened to it before i wrote this 
That's fine. Charlie can deliver the wool, and if he gleans yeah. any more info, and if they stop by one more time yeah. before they leave, that's fine. It wouldn't hurt, but it's not necessary. I mean, you're right. Regardless Damn. of the actual intelligence quality of the information, the God, I do. The, such careful listening and rereading. Of course. The <laughs> intimation of what I wrote is that basically they already had the info, but they would get turned into French authorities unless they came back with right. the wolf. I mean. So we'll see where I take this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really, I seriously listened to it. So I finished writing this. I wrote the first half on Friday and then finished writing it on Sunday, which is a tiny gap. But I had finished listening to the previous episode. So I didn't reread it, but I finished listening to the previous episode on Thursday. So I started, or on Wednesday. So I started writing it like the next day. I would have had the same issue being so distracted by a voice as gorgeous of yours reading everything out loud. It's hard to retain the actual information. Oh, for fuck's sake. You're so full of shit. But like, God, that's just, I'm like disappointed in my own memory recall because seriously, that... I always complain about, like, there being too big of gaps between stuff, but this was, there were no gaps. You know what I mean? Like, I could not have done it any faster. It's all good. Uh, You wrote a fantastic chapter. I am as excited as our devoted listeners are about what will come next. Now, Anthony and Agatha basically have the night off in Le Havre and are going to do whatever they want and get whatever information they want. And they might kiss more, but to find out whether they do, you have to tune in next week to chapter 16 of Romantic Underpinnings. Baggage.